0: This podcast is brought to you by Recontract, the leading software to automate your reconditioning process. From vehicles to people to parts, Recontract streamlines every touch point in your recon process. Visit recontract.com slash AN to learn more. That's R-E-C-O-N-T-R-A-C dot com slash AN.
1: Welcome to Daily Drive for Tuesday, March 28th, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show,
2: the new UAW president comes out swinging. Auto sales coast until the end of the quarter, and Lyft gets a new CEO and questions about its future. Plus, we'll hear about the rapid growth in micromobility.
3: Uh, for example, the U.S. annually right now probably do about half a million of electric kick scooters and about 750,000 e-bikes, and the. Keep in mind, those numbers were about one-third back three or four years ago.
1: Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Newly sworn in UAW President Sean Fain addressed members at the bargaining convention with a defiant tone in his inaugural address, saying the union has to ready itself for the, quote, war against the one and only true enemy, multi-billion dollar corporations and employers who refuse to give our members their fair share. Fain was sworn in as the UAW's fifth president in five years, one day before the convention opened, following a prolonged and contentious election. He has promised a more aggressive approach to bargaining with the Detroit Three this fall. The union is expected to fight for better wages and benefits, as well as more job commitments. Here he is speaking later with reporters. It's pretty apparent uh, by the election results and how things work that our membership expects change you know they they expect their due they expect their fair share Uh, these corporations have been flush with profits for years and uh, our memberships uh, our members have not kept up so uh, we have a lot of work ahead of us and uh, the bargaining committees i know uh, uh, they're as determined as anybody to uh, get a good agreement for our members unifor president lana payne fane's counterpart in canada also spoke at the opening day of the UAW convention. For the first time in decades, Unifor and the UAW will be attempting to win investments from the Detroit Three at the same time, with both unions' contracts expiring later this year. Payne focused her speech on the commonalities between the two unions and said the UAW and Unifor could both find success in upcoming talks. U.S. light vehicle sales got off to a strong
2: start in the first quarter. But the new vehicle market showed signs of losing momentum this month, as rising interest rates and transaction prices continue to put pressure on what consumers can afford. Analysts estimate that the seasonally adjusted annualized selling rate for March will come in between 13.8 and 14.4 million new light vehicles. That would be up a little from the 13.7 million rate a year ago. But the pace has continued to slow from $16.2 million in January and $15.2 million in February. The trend suggests that economic headwinds and affordability concerns are forcing some buyers to the sidelines. Most automakers
1: are scheduled to report March or first quarter U.S. sales results on Monday. Yeah, and those high vehicle prices? Better get used to them. Top executives at Toyota's North American operations said they expect new vehicle average transaction prices to keep rising, even beyond $50,000. According to J.D. Power and LMC Automotive, the average new vehicle retail transaction price in March is expected to come in at 45,818. That's a 3.5% increase from a year earlier. The high for any month was 47,362, which was set in December 2022, just a few months ago. Pricing pressure is likely to persist, while supplies remain tight, Toyota executives said there may be as many as 6 million potential new vehicle buyers sidelined by inventory and pricing. And Lyft, the ride-hailing rival to Uber, has a new CEO. The company tapped board member
2: David Risher for the top job, replacing company co-founder Logan Green. Green and President John Zimmer will step back from daily operations after more than a decade with the company, but remain on the board Lyft said in a statement. Mandeep Singh, an analyst with Bloomberg Intelligence, suggested that Lyft may be exploring strategic options, including a sale. Lyft shares opened Tuesday in positive territory, above $10 a share, but the price proceeded to slide below $9.50. That's down from over $40 a year ago. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, analysts are saying because of economic headwinds, buyers are getting priced out. Do you think we'll see this trend continue? Yeah, at
1: least for a while, and we'll see what the long-term trend really is. You know, obviously Toyota is saying they think prices are gonna keep going up. We also know, you know, incomes are rising as well, although generally not keeping up with the high inflation we've been seeing lately you know there is a lot of pent up demand both from consumers and from companies and you know rental car companies and government fleets you know all the big buyers but with prices rising and interest rates rising you know we'll see how long that pent up demand lasts and the, whether the automakers are kind of forced to come back down market offer maybe some some more of the smaller less uh, less expensive vehicles or some vehicles without all the options but Right now, they're selling all of those that they can, and that's what they want to make. They make the most money off of them. Right. Coming up, how government support for micromobility can make or break local adoption. We'll talk about
2: it next on Daily Drive.
0: Across the Hendrick Automotive Group, each store had a different reconditioning process. They started looking for a solution that would help them standardize their processes, give them actionable information, and ultimately drive efficiency. Knowing they needed to bring together all pieces of their operation to cut cycle times down to their goal of three days, they chose recon track. Chris Little, vice president of variable operations, explains why having the tools to measure your recon process gives you what you need to manage it more effectively.
2: Everyone knows speed uh, to the front line uh, equates to more turns, which helps the overall company do better in terms of parts service and inventory bias. And so uh, when you can really take the time to measure and manage that uh, and perfect that, uh, you're going to increase your turns, you're going to increase your gross profit, and you're really just going to increase the amount of used cars you can
1: sell uh, because you're getting them out on the front line. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. E-bikes and kick scooters can play a role in cleaning up the environment, but they can also add clutter to city sidewalks. How cities decide to engage with the technology can tip the scale of the outcomes and the business opportunities. Tech and innovation reporter Molly Boygan spoke with New Technology CEO Yan Lee about the tension between convenience and safety for micromobility on Shift, a podcast about mobility. Here's a part of their conversation.
0: Why don't you just start off by by telling us for the layperson who's not at all familiar with the micro-mobility market about the state of the market. How, how are things going? Is it growing, shrinking?
3: Right, so I, I think when we talk about micro-mobility, uh, it's funny how you people use micro, even though I think the range is getting you know, longer and longer in terms of driving range. I think we typically we would like to call urban mobility. It's really for people to commute, conduct, the daily commute in the cities and that market has been growing huge I think in the uh, US and European market we're talking about categories like uh, uh, electric Mopeds, e-bikes and the electric kick scooters Uh, for example the US annually right now probably do about half a million of electric kick scooters and about 750,000 e-bikes and keeping in mind those numbers were about one-third like three or four years ago. So it was really fast growth. Uh, Europe, we see about three to four million e-bikes as well as two to three million kick scooters. And they have been growing about 20% annually for the past three or four years. And then you get to see countries like uh, China, Southeast Asia, India, uh, like China, there are about 40 million electric scooters or with electric motor annually. India and the Southeast Asia, Right now it's not electric yet. It's mostly petrol. And even with petrol, they're about each each about like around, you know, 15 to 20 million units a year and all for the city commute. So I think this is what we see a big trend in the of growth. Second, the big trend is everything is going to electric, just similar. What do you see in the automobile side? Everything's going to electric here in the micro mobility, urban mobility side is everything going to electric and because it goes to electric we have new four factors like e bikes and the kick scooter used to be when during the petrol years everything is more pet of motorcycles when it's come to electric you have the new four factors come in and they actually make it easier for people to commute
0: and so in terms of the trends that you talked about the electrification trend You know, it's fairly obvious why that's happening. Why are these um, micromobility technologies or urban mobility technologies becoming more popular?
3: Uh, It's a really good question. I think there are three parts of it. One is it's actually an advance of technology because most of those stuff are using what they call the lithium batteries. And the lithium battery used to be very costly. Uh, It used to be a one kilowatt of lithium battery used to cost about, like a thousand dollars when we talk about this is back 2010 right now one kilowatt hour lithium battery really is about 150 dollars so if you look at the battery cost actually coming down significantly that enables that people to adopt and use on the micro mobility side i think that's what we see one and second is actually the technology related to the connected technology because most of micro-mobility devices we see e-bikes, kick-scooters, moped. A lot of them actually have the smart IoT functionality built in. So the device is connected either through your app or it's connected to the cloud. You actually can, they can be used for theft because it's always GPS tracking. Or you can do sort of remote diagnostics or even over-the-air OTA upgrade on the software. So those are the connected technology really didn't become cost-efficient until 2015, because everything is moving from, it's really driving from the mobile internet, everything like, a, you know, there's a 4G, 2G or 4G modules become very cheap. And then lastly, I think it's really the last three years. One is actually driven by COVID where people become less reluctant in terms of taking public transportations. There's social distancing. So uh, even people are reluctant taking Lyft or Uber. Right so uh, you know today, even those days, when I take over in you know California, I still see driver with a mask. Nothing against mask. I think it's good. but uh, you know that like tell you something, right? So people realize, hey, what are the individual mobility devices that we can take to conduct my you know my daily trip, about you know three to four miles of daily trip? I think that's also a, a sort of that behavior coming in. And in some countries, like especially in some of the European countries, we also see subsidies coming from the government because government want to move people off from cars, uh, move people off from petrol motorcycles. Uh, so for example, our electric moped, lot other countries in Europe, like Italy, France, and even uh, UK, there's like a 20% subsidies on the retail price. The government gave users as a tax rebate because by select such a device, they know you move away from cars, you add less congestions to the city, uh, you move away from petrol, so which actually you create less carbon emissions. So I think that those are sort of all the combination factors in place. And as people start to adopt it, uh, then people realize these individual mobility devices, what we call the micro-mobility, is actually also the most economical way of travel. Just to give you a sense that uh it's like one kilowatt hour of battery on a kick scooter, roughly can get you about fifty mile distance. But the one kilowatt hour battery on electric cars give you about a five mile distance. So even from the electric point of view, intermodal energy bill, right, on the electric scooter, you save about you know 90% of cost. If you compare with the petrol, it, it, you save even more. So as people start using it, people say, hey, this is even cheaper. First of all, it's always cheaper than driving a petrol car. It's even cheaper than driving an electric car. It's actually even cheaper than taking a public transportation so I, I think that's where you know this whole trend starts really to pick up in the last three years. But having said that, I think you know if you still want to take like twenty or thirty miles long distance commute? obviously public transportations cars still have, you know better choice. but we're talking about micro mobility really the City commute distance, like five to ten mile range, I think that's sort of the sweet spot for those micro mobility devices.
0: That makes sense. And and when you talk about the government incentives that have powered some of this growth, you know, from what I understand, that also relates to government incentives and infrastructure investment. For example, in micro mobility in Europe, you know, is related to the fact that many European governments are investing in. In infrastructure like bike lanes, can you talk about that? And and also that is a limiting factor. You know, if if governments stop investing in infrastructure or never invest in infrastructure in the first place, is that gonna is that going to put the market at risk?
3: Right. No, I think you hit the right spot. So let me give you one example. First, when you look at China, why there are forty million electric what you call the China electric moped? Because those moped are being treated as like electric bicycles. And there are infrastructure built in most of cities, what do you call the bike lanes or side lanes? That's where, so you don't get mingled with cars. That's actually easier for people, right? Uh, Europe will observe similar things on the bike lanes. For example, uh, Netherlands, uh, you know, the the, 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 the electric e-bikes is actually ubiquitous in Netherlands because their bike lanes. their bike lanes connect connects from city to city. So, it, it, you know, the, the whole country is a wireless bike place. So that's why you see this prevalence of electric bicycles there. I think it's very in infrastructure dependent uh, from this point of view. On the second, you know, from the, uh, you know, as a, a brand, as a company from our side, we understand that we cannot just rely on infrastructures. Uh, we have to adopt our devices according to the, what do you call the local market situation. Uh, for example, in some of the, in the United States, also in some of the European cities where there are no bike lanes, there's no e-bike sectors, then, you know, our solutions are electric moped. Uh, those electric moped does go, uh, roughly about, you know, 50 miles per hour speed. Uh, so they are treated as motorcycles, but having taken, yes, a, a lot, you had to ride down the car lanes, but there are enough safety functionalities built in moped because we treat it as motorcycles. That when people ride this with shared lanes with cars, people still feel safe. And then we have, you know, we start to take new technologies from some sort of autonomous driving technology, such like, for example, using millimeter radars to detect, you know, whether there are cars coming behind you, uh, such that it give you a warning signal on, on your side mirrors. So, similar as you you know technology you see in cars so those are things that we're start to put in into the electric motorcycles for devices that actually share the lanes voice with cars so there i think there're multiple ways of doing this but obviously we also want to promote this micro mobility we want to encourage cities to start building bike lanes and to start you know do something at least you know uh, even carve out a little bit of sidewalks such that for for the micro mobility device to ride on
1: Yan Li is CEO of New Technologies. You can hear his full conversation with Molly on Shift, a podcast about mobility. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Michael Martinez, Lindsey Van Hulley, and Larry Valquette
2: for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on unions, auto
1: sales, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.